Okay, our session today is mentoring. How to equip and encourage others. Page 79. Training followers who will be future leaders. Mentoring is a buzzword these days. The business world loves the term. But what does mentoring mean in the church? Mentoring is one believer intentionally investing in another believer to help him or her become more like Christ. It's discipleship the way Jesus and Paul did it. Jesus and Paul made disciples through mentoring. They properly watched for potential mentees, initiated relationships with them, trained them, corrected them as needed, and then released them to do ministry themselves. They model for us what we need to do, be doing today, especially when we remember how others have helped us grow. This study focuses on the mentoring relationship between Paul and Timothy. It's an introduction to the topic, but you'll get enough to start mentoring. Somebody probably helped you in your walk with Christ. Now you can do the same. Okay, so this is a good jump start uh, for mentoring if you've not been involved in it or engaged in it at some point. Um, and we often get unique opportunities to do so when we don't anticipate. When I was a uh, director at Adventure Learning Center, we had a young man, um, I was responsible for hiring and unfortunately firing, which I, that's the part you don't like. But uh, we hired this young man and uh, to be a facilitator and there were complaints coming in about him, uh, his, his uh, mannerisms. Uh, some people were concerned, uh, were too a little bit more feminine than masculine. And um, I mean, he was straight, he was fine, but I, I guess because he grew up with a, uh, it was just his mother and they didn't have a father, and that sort of stuff happened. And unfortunately, um, the leadership decided to let him go. Uh, which is unfortunate because he was a, he was a great guy. He, he did work, worked well and everything. And um, I stayed in touch with him. And um, eventually, uh, we met every week uh, for almost a year um, in a mentoring session. And um, uh, today, he's uh, happily married with a child, and he's involved in ministry. And all of those things that people were concerned about were unfounded. They were untrue. You know, uh, but mentoring, mentoring is a good way to, to help individuals uh, and, uh, and help them move along. And while I was in Jacksonville, our church sent four young men uh, uh, to me uh, because they were experiencing some issues and uh, two were married and two were single. And um, those four young men, I think of the four of them, one of them, I think he left the church uh, because he had a situation where his wife is a nurse, and she wanted to move to the States with the two boys. She wanted the whole family to go, but he decided he wouldn't go. And so she ended up leaving him and going to the States with the boys. And um, I, I saw him about a few weeks ago at a homegoing service, and I was surprised to see him because my wife saw him one time ago. Uh, but he's still here. And he was one of the, the four young men who, I don't know what happened to him. The other two, three, um, one of them uh, ended up uh, coming to Calvary. 
and his wife and daughter comes, daughters come to church every every so often. I always ask him, and his wife said she don't know what is what he's doing with his life and stuff like that. So that's another one that I've got to reach out to, find out what's going to going on with him. But the other two young men are deacons in their church, and they're serving well. They're faithful in ministry. So all that to say that mentoring pays off, and as we'll see in the life of Paul with Timothy and Titus, how it works and how we can get involved and do it ourselves with probably someone who we know that is having a challenge with their lives in some way or another. And those four young men came to Jacksonville and spent six months. Uh, and uh, God was able to do a lot of things. Of course, they, they, they were very, very helpful and instrumental in helping us in the ministry because all of them were skilled in their areas. And so it was a two-for-one deal, so to speak. But let's look at the first question. What's something interesting you learned to do because someone showed you how? Something interesting you learned to do because someone showed you how. You never knew how to do it before and they showed you, you said, wow, a light bulb went on. Anybody? I learned how to make bows from my boss long ago. Bows? Yeah. Okay. I learned to sew. Learned to sew? From my grandmother. Okay. Anyone else? Well, I'm still trying to learn. <laughs> <laughs> You're never too old. Uh, you know, these computers, uh, I've, had, I've had a lot of help, mm -hmm. but I'm still, you know, not totally. Uh, Way to go, yeah, Margaret. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> okay. Anyone else? Okay, let's look at uh, Bible Meets Life. Someone want to read that, please? My mentor told me I should be open to getting remarried. Tom remarked. That wasn't surprising, as I knew Tom was, was lonely after his wife of 49 years had passed away. <laughs> what did surprise me was hearing he still had a mentor. After all, he was more than 70 years old. And his mentor was over 90 years old himself. Mm. Tom is one of my heroes in the faith. I found him not only a friend, but also a mentor and a model of faith. His prayer life is powerful, and his commitment to godliness is deep. He walks so faithfully with God that I invite him to my, my seminary classes every sem seminar. Semester, sorry, semester because I want my students to know him. Tom's mentor arrested him. In turn, Tom walked beside me as my mentor. I then poured into students I'm mentoring. Through mentoring, I teach them what Tom had taught me, and I'm trusting they will teach others too. Mentoring one person in the in another. Our look this week at Paul and Timothy's relationship helps us prepare to be mentors ourselves. Okay, and notice what the point is. What is the point? Someone helps you grow in Christ to do the same for someone else. Okay, sometimes it helps to have someone provide advice, guidance, and guidance in the journey of life. And we've all can say amen to that because perhaps we've all experienced that. Someone came along with some advice that uh, was very helpful for us. Mandarin is nothing new. 
businesses benefit when someone with experience walks alongside and trains someone with less experience? Mm -hmm. Some industries refer to masters and apprentices. But mentoring goes back to the earliest days of the church. It's called discipleship. One believer walking alongside another to help him or her grow in Christ. We all need mentors. And we all have the opportunity and privilege to help someone else grow. God can use us to help others grow in Christ. We have a couple of verses, uh, at least three passages to look at. Uh, but before we do, let me give you the setting. Paul wrote Second Timothy from a prison, from a Roman prison. He apparently already had been or shortly would be condemned to death by the hands of notorious Roman Emperor Nero. This last known letter of the apostles was directed toward his friend, son in the faith, and protege, Timothy. Paul sought to pass along to the young preacher many pastoral instructions and guidelines. He did by writing, by written word, what he had done so intentionally through the years, mentored one who would take his place. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that as we go through this study today, that you would show us the value of mentors and guiders to those who may serve by being mentors in their family, in their faith journey. Guide us, direct us. Lord, we may know individuals who may need a mentor. Help us to be directed toward them and to assist them in that journey. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's look at the first pa um, passage we had, 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. Who want to take that first one? You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Mentoring is about relationship, but those relationships don't happen by accident. They happen because we intentionally watch for God's given intercession and build God's centered friendship. Before Paul's con conversion, he would not have wanted him as a mentor. A zealous prosecutor, he arrested Christians and sent them to their deaths. While on his way to Demetrius to prosecute Christians, God grabbed his attention by striking him down with a blinding light. As a result, Saul believed and was saved, as I am to first step in being a mentor is turning from your sin and trusting Jesus to save you. That relationship matters more than any other. Going through the city of Lystra during his second ministry journey, Paul saw Timothy, a young man about whom I was spoke highly. 16.1-2 Timothy's mother and grandmother were believers. 2 Timothy 1.5, But we have no evidence that his great father followed Christ. It's possible for Timothy to follow Christ during an earlier missionary journey. Acts 14.5%. 
and he continued to hear good reports about him. Paul must have seen the deep potential in Yeah, that's it. Okay. We have a couple of points there um, that we want to highlight. Um, 
uh, three things that Paul challenged Timothy to do. Uh, and those are be strong in grace, teach others all he had learned from Paul, and challenge them to teach another generation. Let's look at the other passage, Second uh, Timothy three, ten to thirteen. Questions? I want to take that one. But you have followed my teaching, conduct, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. Mentoring is about sharing life together. It's journeying together, encouraging each other in the difficult times and celebrating together in the victories. Second Timothy gives us more than a glimpse into this relationship between Paul and Timothy. We're almost eavesdropping on a personal, intimate, gripping, and perhaps painful conversation between a father and his son. In that conversation, Paul reminded Timothy of the experiences he had shared with him. One, teaching. Paul clearly taught the message of Christ, the gospel story. Two, conduct. Paul shared his way of life, actions based on his beliefs. Three, purpose. Paul displayed his focus, commitment to follow Christ and make him known. Four, faith. Paul demonstrated his confidence in God through his actions. Five, patience. Paul modeled long-suffering and perseverance even when others weren't on board. Six, love. Paul showed his love in how he treated both friends and enemies. Seven, endurance. Paul modeled faithfulness amid trying circumstances. Eight, persecutions. Paul endured severe opposition, including physical abuse because of his faith. Nine, sufferings. Paul endured anguish because of persecution. In the midst of this journey, Paul affirmed that God had watched over him and rescued him from all his troubles. Timothy may not have been with Paul in every situation described in these verses, but he was watching Paul's life closely. Paul could say with humble confidence that his life was worth imitating, for he was following Christ, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. That's what mentors do, invite others into their lives and then show them the way to follow the God who is always faithful to watch over his own. Moreover, Mentoring involves preparing others for the future based on lessons learned in the past. Paul's opponents had driven him out of Pisidia, abused him in Iconium, and stoned him in Lystra. He had also been whipped and beaten with rods. He faced dangers of many types, whether in the city, on the road, or at sea. Many nights he slept little while dealing with hunger and cold. I had pain. Paul wanted Timothy to be prepared for the persecution he knew his protege would face. Still, God had been faithful to Paul, and he wanted Timothy to trust God too. 
Next False page. teachers would show up along the way and evil would increase. Timothy could remain faithful in the midst of growing deception because he had spent years with a genuine follower of God. He had shared life with Paul and that made a difference in his life. He could trust God on the mountains and in the valleys because he had been with Paul in both situations. Making time for others may be one of the most difficult tasks of mentoring. If we add this call to invest our lives in somebody else, it can feel like it's too much to ask. On the other hand, we can lose much if we don't make this effort. We'll miss opportunities to help others learn from what God has taught us. We'll miss seeing how God uses our most difficult experiences to grow others. And we'll miss seeing believers love Jesus and walk faithfully in the midst of their own trials. Mentoring is about living life together, all of it. It will take time to invest in someone, but it will be worth the effort. Okay, so we have a list here of about nine things that Paul did. Teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. Question number two, when has someone taken you under their wing to help you grow spiritually? Anybody had that experience? Is it random? Yeah. Well, it's right. <laughs> okay. Anyone I, else? I had two uh, gym teachers that had us over to their house every Wednesday after school for Bible study, and that was excellent um, further development for me. Okay. I had a whole family, uh, the Shera family. You probably have, many of you probably have been familiar with the name Dr. Abby Jackson. You know that name, right? Uh, she was a sheriff before Jackson. And that family took me in under their wings. Uh, I lived on top of the hill, I lived below the hill. And they took me in. I spent a lot of, lot of days, a lot of hours in their home, Christian family, uh, before I came to know Christ. I say, in fact, they were instrumental uh, in me coming to know Christ. I wasn't led to the Lord by any of them, but someone else uh, who, um, who was also a part of the assembly. Uh, spent many times playing table tennis on their back patio, but the whole family took me in. Okay, uh, we have some copies here. Uh, do you want to pass those up? It's called mentoring. Um, it's a little exercise that you can do uh, on your own. Um, it says, what have you heard from me in the presence, would you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses can make to fit faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It's the verse that we just saw. And uh, the challenge is to fill in the blanks with names of individuals you have mentored, or uh, who have mentored you, and um, sort of follow the pattern that Paul established. It's a good exercise to do as we look at this issue of mentoring. Question number three. What are some ways we can intentionally pass on what we believe to others? Don't worry. That's it. This is the original. This is the original. That's the original. You get one more copy. Something together. I'll give the original. Okay. Anyway, what are some ways we can intentionally pass on what we believe to others? Anyone? Spend time with them. 
spend time with them, okay? That young one I mentioned from Ailes, he used to spend, sometimes he came to my office, sometimes we would meet at Starbucks, but we made it consistently, we met every single week. And so it's a good thing to do, uh, intentionally meet. Uh, I'm trying not to skip. You can lead a Bible study. That's right. You could invite people into your home to about to talk about a topic and mm-hmm. be prepared to share the truths of God's word about that topic. Okay. Spend time in common common likes. Okay, the last passage, because our time is rapidly go, take going away from us here. Uh, is Second Timothy three, fourteen to seventeen. That's the last passage. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know these, you know those who taught you. And you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. A solid, stable foundation matters. A house with signs of foundation problems, that is, cracks in the walls, could be headed for disaster. Paul understood this same truth on a spiritual level. He may have been Timothy's mentor, but he was also building on the foundation of God's word. Timothy had a godly heritage through his mother and grandmother, and they had taught him the scriptures from early in his childhood. Those scriptures ultimately pointed Timothy to Jesus at home. He found salvation by grace through faith. Knowing Timothy would encounter difficulties, Paul encouraged him to hold tightly to what he had learned and believed in the word. Paul affirmed, all scripture is inspired by God. That is, it is God breathed as the Holy Spirit guided the writer, 2 Peter 1, 20-21, to pen the words of scripture. Further, it is profitable Four things. Teaching, God's word shows us what to believe. Rebuking, the Bible points out where we are wrong. Correcting, the word restores us to the right place. Training in righteousness, scripture directs us in right living. By continuing in the word, Timothy would be thoroughly equipped to be the man God intended him to be. He would be prepared to do all God commanded him to do as he followed the scriptures. Apart from God's word, Timothy's work would be fruitless and faithless. Spiritual growth in Timothy's life followed his followed this process. It finally grounded him in the word of God. Paul built on that foundation. God gave Timothy his family of origin and a method to guide him to obey the word of God or to obey the word. At the foundation of his growth then was his willingness to follow that word. Paul recognized that his own life was coming to an end. In the near future, his race would be over. 2 Timothy 4, 6-7. No longer would he be around to help guide Timothy in his own work. His protege would be on his own. Paul could die in peace, however, because he knew that the foundation of God's word would be long, that would long outlast his life. It's no wonder he so strongly directed Timothy to that word. We who mentor others would be wise to follow Paul's methodology. Mentoring is not about us. It's about directing others to Jesus. It's about extending God's kingdom, not building our own kingdom. Directing others to the word of God keeps their attention 
on the God of eternity and not on us. But someday we will die. The fact that we are engaged in this study suggests you already have interest in the Word of God. Many Christians, many, follow, many Christ followers have a similar interest, but they don't always obey that Word, nor do they think about teaching others what they learn from Scripture. A good mentor, though, will help others develop a Bible reading strategy, hold them accountable to reading regularly, ask hard questions about how they are applying the Word in their lives, and challenge them to teach the Word to others. All of us need such continual encouragement to stay grounded in the Word, and, re and relationships that offer that encouragement don't just happen. Step into someone's life. Be a mentor and give them that encouragement. Okay, so we have a couple of challenges there yeah. in that passages that we can take. And I think about it. That's why I give my kids encouragement to pray and reach out to others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Notice the primary focus of all Christian mentoring relationships must be the Word of God. It must be. You can't have anything else. Nothing else will work. Nothing else is as sound and as solid as the Word of God. Why? Because of what it says here in these four points. It's good for teaching. It's good for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We need to be trained in righteousness, you know, because of the Adamic nature. It's still there. It hasn't gone away. And so we need continual training in righteousness because the old nature is still struggling to have its own way and especially uh, in the kind of world that we are living in we are bombarded from every side everywhere you turn you you go in the grocery store and the magazines on the rock you turn on the television and the commercials on you know they've got, they've got commercials with, with same-sex people now have yes. you seen those yes i mean it's 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 sickening and that's the way the world is going so we need to be continually trained in righteousness. Last question, five. When has someone shared God's word with you in a way that changed your direction? Anyone can remember that occasion? Yeah, my mom and dad were used by the Lord to redirect me at a very critical time in high school. And I think, thankful to them, thankful to the Lord. Mm. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? I had a former pastor. When I was in, Jamie and I were in ministry, but just going through a tough time. And uh, my home church in, in Lakeland, Florida, Dr. Buffington, he shared with me a verse uh, from the book of Job, how that when Job prayed for his enemies, mm how his whole life been changed. It's hard to pray for your enemies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it helped me, especially at that point. And I, I've never forgotten that. Mm. The Word of God is powerful. And it has a tendency to do that. Pastor Randy, <clears throat> God himself, um, in the passing of my mother, gave me a passage of scripture mm -hmm. that would remain with me throughout the rest of my life here on earth. Mm -hmm. I remember clearly 
when my mother passed away. Um, the pastors came to my mom's house in Tupperway, right off the road. And the question was put to us, what passage of scripture that was very dear to your mother? And all of us were very confused um, as to say which, which passage of scripture was very dear to us because there were so many <laughs> that she shared with us that was very mm -hmm. dear to us. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, Pastor Lee and Pastor Audrey, Pastor and all of them were there. And my answer to them was, it's very difficult for me and I want them to give me some time to really think about the question that they had put forward. So I was having my devotion um, and having had my devotion studying from Matthew all the way to Revelation, I was reversing my devotion from Revelation back to Matthew. So, um, that morning when my mother passed, I skipped my devotion. I went straight to the hospital to make sure that her body was secured and was in the hand of an undertaker. So, in the afternoon, I said, okay, I will have my devotion. And my devotion for that day was 2nd Corinthians, the 5th chapter. I would ask everyone to please read that chapter. And that was the chapter that I had to direct Pastor Lee uh, at the burial of my mother. Mm. And that chapter will remain with me for all the remaining days of my life in Amen. That was directed by God Almighty Himself. Okay. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. You got that? Yeah. Make sure I make a note to read it. Okay, let's wrap it up. We have, um, leave it out on page uh, 89. How will you help someone else grow in Christ? Consider the following options. Pray. Ask God for, some, for someone who might help and mentor you in the faith. Keep your eyes open for a potential mentor. And then invite. Invite someone to share a meal with you share your testimony and learn more about the other person. Trust the Lord in whether that meeting will begin a mentoring relationship. And then commit. Make a commitment to meet regularly, at least twice a month, with someone. If you need help in mentoring process, read Mentor by Chuck Lawless, Lightweight, 20, um, 2018. So that's a resource that you can look to assist in mentoring. I used uh, The Measure of a Man by Jane Getz, which is very good, and uh, I've recommended that uh, to many. Um, so we want to remember uh, those who provided guidance uh, for us in our time, in our Christian walk, uh, throughout our journey up to this point, and take time to thank them, uh, if not thank God for their godly influence on your life. If the Lord has taken them and called them home, then thank God for putting them in your life at some particular point. Uh, let's close in prayer because our time is really gone.
Father, thank you for placing people in our lives who have helped us in our walk with you up to this particular point. Point us to people whom we can help in their Christian walk and in their Christian development as they move forward. We ask your continued blessings as we leave this room, but not your presence. Bring to mind what we need to make this lesson applicable in our lives in the weeks and days ahead. Thank you, Father, for what you have done today. Get glory for yourself continually. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Amen.